Welcome to the Originals Podcast, a place where we can have conversations relevant to the young adults community. Hey guys. How we doing? It's good to be back in your ears. We are here. We are here. We did our live podcast recording. We did the other week. The other week. It was awesome. It did. It went really well. To everyone who could make it in person, thank you for Yeah, that's right. Us. Finally been able to gather as well, which has yeah, been so good. It was really nice to see everyone and <laughs> do all that kind of stuff. But now we're back in Caleb's house. Yep, in my living room. In his living room. And we're, we have a special interview today. We do. It's as... We are interviewing someone from the A21 Foundation. Wow, huge. Which is something that's really close to my heart. And I was so stoked that we were able to get someone on board to come and talk with us and share what the organization is about and inform everyone. That's right. Yeah. yeah, The world's changed over the past year and and like we're all going through something, but Mm. that doesn't mean that the issues that were present beforehand have gone away. They're still there. It's very true. They're still very real and it's important that we get behind them and support them even in our times of Yeah, I I think we all know that over the next period there's going to be a season where we are going to have to be looking inwardly, looking Mm. at ourselves. We're going to be mentally, physically, a lot of things are going to be happening. Um, But I actually believe it's a key um, with good mental health um, positivity in your life is to look not at yourself but what's happening in our world and to Mm -hmm. help and to share and, you know, um, and I think it's a value of ours. Yeah. Hey, that oh, we, for sure. you know, we want to see people all around the world um, find help and as we, you know, want people to experience um, what we can bring as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, for yeah, sure. I'm excited about this. Yeah. So, in saying that, we have our lovely friend Blake joining us via FaceTime. So, just for everyone at home, the audio will sound a little different to normal, <laughs> but because of COVID and different things, we aren't able to do anything in person. So we have Blake Looney. Would you like to introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do? I would love to. Thank you so much for having me on uh, Come the podcast on. Yeah. today and interviewing me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So I'm Blake um, and I am the reach manager of our A21 Australia office based in Sydney. Mm-hmm. I've been on team for over four and a half years now, started as Come a volunteer and, and then came on staff and have been leading our team uh, for the last nearly two years, year and a half now, which is awesome. So yeah, I get to oversee our amazing team of staff and volunteers and all things that we do under prevention, awareness and education here in Australia. Oh, that's awesome. And now it's time for Small Talk with Dee, where I ask our guests a random question that they never would have thought of themselves. Well, we're so (laughs) glad to have you. And as we said before we hopped on mic, we like to do a little thing called small talk with D. Mm-hmm. And so this week's question, <laughs> if I'm honest, I was really struggling to come up with something because we've been doing this for like yeah. 12 weeks now. Okay. A long time. Yeah. In my brain anyway, to come up with all those questions. So Random questions as random well. Random questions. Like they have to be really random. So this week I thought we'd go with something that's a little bit more typical, but still a bit funky. Okay. What is your spirit animal? Yes. Okay. Now, what do you mean by spirit animal? Give by, us a bit of- by spirit animal, I mean, what, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? What would just encapsulate <laughs> you as a human being, but in animal form? <laughs> like- oh, wow. Okay. Well, Dana, I think you could go first. Okay. Well, I feel like there's animals that I would want to be, 
but I don't know if that necessarily is who I am. Oh, so you're trying to be truthful. You're I'm not, trying to be truthful okay. to myself. But look, if I'm honest, I feel like I say it a lot. It is my favourite animal, so maybe I am just picking the animal I want to be. But I think I would be a penguin. Penguins are my favourite animal. Wow, and the reason left, this left is field. It's very random. And, but the reason I think I'm a penguin is because they're one, beautiful creatures. They're just, oh, we love penguins. <laughs> Two, they can swim. They can glide. They enjoy being in the cold weather. And while I get cold really easily, I do enjoy being in cold weather. There's something cosy about it because okay. you have to rug up. Okay. But what I really admire about penguins is their loyalty. They mate for life. Wow. They look after their young. They're very protective and they're just really cool creatures. So I like to think that I'm like that. I like to think that I'm loyal. Wow. I hope so. Okay. Um, but still got an adventurous spirit, you know. We're going to get catch some fish. <laughs> So that's, that's what I think I okay, am. Okay, there we go. How about wow. you? Wow. Um, well, I think there's just animals I think that are just cool, mm. you know, that are oh, just, sure. you know, like a shark, like a great white shark or something <laughs> like that. It's just, you know, the epitome of an animal, you know, like the, the, the kind of power that the great white shark possesses is pretty oh, mind-blowing. Um, so if probably anything, you know, I'm, I surf a lot, so mm. it's a part of me. There's a, there's a healthy fear mm. there that one day, um, I might meet one, mm, hopefully not sure. in the water, hopefully but, not. um, yeah, I feel like not much can beat a great white shark. Mm, fair there enough. we go. Fair enough. I That's like mine. that answer. Yep. How about you, Blake? Good one. <laughs> um, look, kind of like you, Dana, it's, there's the animals that you think are amazing and then you go like, is that actually me or could it be me or is it just, I'm. You're being like, honest, Blake. I, I like it. <laughs> I'm being honest, but I'm also like kind of, you know, encouraging myself that I can be like a lioness. <laughs> speak, yes. a lioness. speak to your. <laughs> yes. So when I was younger, I, you know, you'd play games as a kid and whatnot and sometimes you'd pretend to be animals and I was always a lion. <laughs> yes. I'll just I'll say that because I just think they're majestic and powerful. Yes. And the lioness looks after her cubs and and the um the pride and everything. There you go. So, yes. <laughs> my I like my daughter answer. Margaret at the moment cannot stop watching Lion King. Really? Uh, oh, she is the, the like old no, animated both. one or old. good both. on her. Yeah, she just swaps between the animated one and the real action. You know, live. Oh, anyway, you, you'll she, know she's obsessed once she starts watching it in different languages. What? That's what that's what my that's what my parents used to say me and my brother would do once we got wow. obsessed with movies we'd just watch them in different languages because okay, okay. it wasn't it was just so good. Wow. So wow. once that happens yeah, you know you've know got a real problem with Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. That's intense. Here are our OG recommendations for this week. All right. OG recommendations. Yeah, something to recommend. Um, you can go first. Well, I've um, I love good music, and mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of James Blake lately. Oh yes. Um, and he just brought out a single um, called Godspeed, which is a cover of a Frank Ocean's um, oh, cool. song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anybody listening, don't doesn't know about James Blake? Have a listen. <laughs> He's a freak. He's absolute. He's yeah. really good. So yeah, listen to that. It's awesome. I feel like. I often hear that people getting confused with James Blunt because they're both British and are called James. Yeah. But it's not. It's not him. Completely. It's James Blake. That's right. <laughs> very it, different style. Of one's music. very talented. One's 
very Look. talented in a different way. <laughs> it's all subjective, right? That's right. Taste that's is right. subjective. Sorry. Anybody who loves James Blunt out there, I bl- bless you. Bless you yeah. and everything that you believe in. That's right. Um, <laughs> and your children and their children. Sorry. How about you, Blake? What do you recommend this week? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I it's. I mean, it's very hot off the press. Like, it keeps – it's coming up all over the place. But the oh. home edit, I've started watching oh. Netflix and yeah. it's the whole – Girls going in and reorganizing people's lives. <laughs> oh. like, there's a stress element, but also like the okay, yeah, I could do that. I could totally re- redo an yes. area of my home. <laughs> Is that the one where they do they do it with like celebrity yeah, clients yeah, yeah. as well? Like Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's how it got me on Twitter. I saw that they did her her wardrobe from like Legally Blonde. And All the movies. Like, yeah, that sounds cool. Wait, actually, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. That's rad. It's pretty I cool. I, I watched the first episode. One thing that I struggled with mm. is they, like, their speed of talking is so intense <laughs> together. Those two two girls, they're just like it's constant. True. Hey, but yep. they, are they are pretty cool. How they're many episodes? That level. <laughs> <laughs> how many episodes are there? Oh, I don't know yeah, how don't many. Know. I've probably watched about seven, though. Oh, so. my gosh. That's <laughs> awesome. I've been lo- waiting for, like, a new show to watch because I feel like Netflix has had a bit of a lull. Okay. And now they're releasing all of this content. There's so much coming out in October that I'm really excited for. Cool. There but that's go. still a few weeks away. So okay. the home edit, the that's home what's called. Cool. Mm. Awesome. Yep. What I would recommend this week is actually something I listened to this morning. Mm. Um, it's the latest Battle Ready um, podcast yeah, episode. Great. I've recommended them before. Um, it's just called Answering Emails Part 2. <laughs> but the what they discuss is just how we use terminology when we're insular in our friendship groups and sure. in religions and in mm. organisations. Mm. I mean, obviously they speak more to the Christian side of things totally but it's very generalized about how when you're around like-minded people you'll end up coming up with jargon for whatever you talk about which often ostracizes those outside who are, of who it. are new who are yeah I yeah get. who don't understand and how the way in which we shape our language um can affect outreach yeah, and wow. how we help others because yeah, while we may understand what we're talking about mm. other people may not and it's about growing this self-awareness and I mean they delve into some other things but that's kind of like the main thing that I got from it and that just really blew my mind like you know these things but Mm. it's reminding yourself and posturing yourself when you're around others it separates people yeah you know what I mean it creates creates a divide even though it's not intentional oh big Um, time for for sure it it happens in every area of the world you know exactly doesn't matter what if it's just your profession or like you said things you believe in yeah you know yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. something I would recommend. It definitely makes you think and process. Owen always uses the language human, right? Yeah, yeah. Speak human, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love and that's that. what they discussed as well. Yeah, cool. It. So it was, yeah, yeah great. it was awesome. So that's what I would recommend this week. Alrighty, let's get into today's topic. So usually we do a little bit more of like conversational around a topic, but this week we just really want to learn more about. A21 and the place where you work, Blake, and just kind of like what you do, how you came to be a part of it, any stories you might want to share. So just to start off with, for you personally, how did you get involved in A21? How did you, what made you be so passionate that you didn't just want to do it as a volunteer, but that you wanted to work for them? And tell us a bit about your journey. 
I'd love to yeah, hear. absolutely. Well, I actually heard about human trafficking through an event that A21 attended. So it was back in 2013 and I don't know how I found myself at this film screening with a bunch of friends, but I did. And the movie ended up being on child trafficking in Cambodia and yep. A21 got up at the end and shared a bit more about human trafficking and their work to end it. And I was mind blown I couldn't believe that I was in my early 20s and had never heard about this before that Mm. this was going on not just around the globe but here in Australia as well Um, but then I was encouraged that there are organizations such as A21 doing something about it and so from there I just went and started researching everything I could um, buying books getting um, movies you know all of that kind of stuff I started following A21 and other anti-human trafficking organizations on social media like just all that I could do to mm. to educate myself further because yeah as I said I, I was shocked that I didn't know yeah. about this and yeah. so kind of from there everything just was about okay how can I make this more known like who totally. who could be me in a crowd who yeah. could be me at an event who whose life and their course ended up being completely interrupted and changed. And so um, our co-founder, Christine Kane, says no one person can do everything, but every one of us can do something. And, yeah. and that's what I love about working for A21 and being part of this organisation. It's not just, okay, these are these are the facts, this is what it is. Um, yeah, it's a big problem, you know. Yeah. Like everything's massive. It's like, okay, mm. but we're doing something about it and you can join into it. You can do something and not everyone can, you know, volunteer or work for an anti-human trafficking mm. organisation, but all of us can do something. And so we um, endeavour to help people find the ways that they can get involved um, in being a part of the solution to um, end slavery right where they are. That's awesome. And then so obviously you're the reach manager now. What exactly does that entail what, what yeah. do you do as part of your job? Yep. Um, well, I love my job. <laughs> um, so I, as I mentioned before, I get to oversee our staff and volunteers in the office. And in Australia, our strategy is REACH. Um, yep. So as I mentioned before, that's our prevention, awareness and education initiatives. So organising going into schools to raise awareness to the next generation because I was 22 when I found out about human trafficking and we're able to educate people um, younger than that in an age-appropriate way as yeah. to the realities of that, um, which is amazing. And then we attend other events and then, of course, work in partnership with other NGOs and law enforcement and, and government, um, mm. yeah, at all levels. So I get to help facilitate that, um, which is, yeah, which is really great. Yeah, that's awesome. What is A21 yeah. and what exactly do they aim to do? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. (laughs) Uh, So A21, I'll start off with this. Everyone asks, what does A21 stand for? And it stands for abolishing injustice in the 21st century. So our mission is to abolish slavery everywhere forever. We've been going now for 12 years. Um, Started off in Greece and Australia and we're in 18 locations in 13 countries around the globe. Um, But yeah, that's our mission to end slavery. And so we outwork um, our strategy based off of what we found to be a cycle of human trafficking. Yep. Um, and that is that there is vulnerability, mm. exploitation and victimization. Totally. Mm-hmm. So vulnerable are being deceived. Um, those who are exploited are unable to find their way out. Um, and the few who do escape often lack the support needed uh, to be able to 
to not be re-trafficked again. Yeah. And so our strategy is to reach, rescue and restore lives. So reach is all about reducing vulnerability. So we work to prevent slavery from ever happening uh, by educating and inspiring people through events, yeah. school presentations and our educational programs. And we seek to rescue the victim um, and then seek justice against their captor. And this is all about uh, reducing the exploitation of uh, victims of human trafficking and helping to strengthen um, wow. the justice system within that and so we work with law enforcement um, yeah. we have a 21 lawyers to help uh, prosecute traffickers and then under Restore, this is all about um, empowering survivors yeah. so mm. um, without that proper aftercare um, it's found that a lot of uh, a lot of survivors end up being re-trafficked again and mm. so um, providing that holistic approach to aftercare is really important and so meeting their meeting survivors most basic needs and um, and whatever they need to help to live a life of independence again yeah wow, I love that yeah that's Huge. awesome. So much that you guys do, such a range of mm. different things. Um, with that then, so obviously you're helping to abolish human trafficking. What are some misconceptions that people might have around it? Mm. Um, maybe questions that people often ask you or things that they believe that are actually wrong in regards yeah. to how it happens. Yeah, that is a great question. There are some common misconceptions and one of them it always comes about is um, when someone hears about human trafficking, they're like, oh, like the Liam Neeson movie, take it. <laughs> and although like that does happen and people are, are kidnapped, it's it's not as large. That's not what human trafficking is. It's not people yeah, okay. kidnapped and, and taken from their situation uh, predominantly. It's mm. often trafficking occurs with um, within families and within friendship groups yeah. and things like that where it's someone that you might know yeah. um, who ends up exploiting and, and trafficking another human being. And so that's one common misconception. And then for us here in Australia, one of the biggest things that we um, work to change is the idea that um, human trafficking doesn't happen in Australia. Yeah. Mm. That it's a overseas problem, it's a third world or developing country problem um, and it doesn't affect yeah, us here well. when that's not the case. And so wow. it is actually estimated that there are uh, 15,000 people living in slave-like conditions here in wow. Australia at any given time. Um, and so it very much does happen here. And every year mm. the um, US Department of State releases what's called a tip report, so a trafficking in persons report. And within that, it states that um, human traffickers exploit individuals in every state and territory across yeah. Australia. So that's one of the biggest things that we have our work cut out for us here is yeah. engaging people, educating them. Mm. Um, and then, of course, uh, bringing hope that you can actually do something about that. Yeah, awesome. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? To think that, you know, it's just typical mindset, I think, of most of us in our world, especially mm. in Australia and a country that we feel is so safe, mm. you know, and is so in the, in the, the I'm, get this, I'm not saying this in a um, prideful way, but advanced in certain areas in the way we, mm -hmm. you know, live lifestyle. Yeah. The way we think we are. That's we right. And so we, <laughs> we, that's right. And we are all about helping, you know, the mm. third world, but those issues are still actually arising in our own communities. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Wow, that's huge. Still present. And then on that, so you say that human trafficking doesn't always look like the Liam Neeson movie. That's Taken. right, <laughs> Taken. What are often, what are the different forms of human trafficking? What mm. can that look like? Um, mm, yeah. Totally. For people who yeah. might not be aware. 
Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So um, we talk about five different forms of human trafficking, but basically it comes under two different areas. So there's forced labor and then sexual exploitation. Yep. And so forced labor can be anything from um, uh, debt bondage where someone's working off a, an insurmountable debt and mm -hmm. often generational. Um, it can be involuntary domestic servitude where someone's forced to live and work in the same place. Um uh, with little for little or no pay um it could be there is exploitation within um migrant work and seasonal work and for example in australia um they're in the agriculture and, and yep. fruit picking industry there is um, instances of trafficking and exploitation wow. within that space and so it is it's different in different contexts of course around the globe and mm -hmm. there's different areas where it's more predominant in in certain industries or a, a certain type of exploitation but the reality is um all these forms of forced labor and sexual exploitation are happening around the globe yeah wow it's such a like the reality that the world experiences and what we perceive the reality as mm. can often be very different. I feel like when, uh, like my friends will discuss human trafficking, that they will immediately go to sexual exploitation and think of that. But we do forget that there are other forms of human trafficking. For sure. Like mm. you said, with the um, debt labor and things like that, that mm. are often the ones that go more unseen because people don't think about them as much. It's not as prevalent yeah. in their worldview. For whereas sure. that's the reality that we do live in. I think in um, from the small amount of um, work that I've done, things in, over in India and places mm. like that, and I know with some of the major issues that arise when we're over in those places um, is that in our mindset, we have an idea ethically mm. of what we believe is the right way to live or what's okay. Yeah. But then you go somewhere else and in their culture, that's something that we think is totally unethical mm. um, is the way of life, Yeah. you know, in mm. some cultures, um, which must be very difficult for A21 when, you know, you are going over and, you you know, let's mm. say you have um, bases operations in a lot of countries and things like that, but yeah. that must be pretty difficult if you're not just changing a single mindset, but you're changing culture, mm. right? You're having to mm -hmm. actually change years and years and years and years and years of the way cultures mm. react and, mm. you know, yeah. which must be pretty difficult. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. And in every country you work, it's so important whenever we start somewhere to know what, trafficking looks like looks like that country, yeah, yeah. what the culture is within that country to be able to make sure that we can understand mm. um, yeah. where it's you know how it's happening why it's happening to be able to then yeah work towards abolishing that and ending yeah. that and helping to change um whether it be through legislation or, right. or just you know a different partnerships that we have within law enforcement government mm. you know, yeah all of that kind of stuff to help at every level to see engagement and collaboration to end human trafficking yeah i love so that language hey definitely. abolish and mm. end it's not that we just fix it for the situations or stories you hear in communities but yeah. you're there to actually create cultural change yeah which is huge yeah. that's that's the power in it that's right? that's where it's that's where it comes from i love that that's wow. awesome do you have a testimony of or a story of someone that a21 has helped to set free and yeah, that's, help because i think that's the the human side of that's right. what happens mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. people can hear all the facts and hear all these numbers yeah. and be overwhelmed yeah. but when mm -hmm. you actually learn about the people that your organization is helping and yeah. encouraging 
That's right. We all, we've all seen ads of organizations and things that you have a, you know, a heart for and then mm-hmm. the ad changes and you've forgotten about it. Yeah. You know, you want mm-hmm. real engagement, don't you, where you actually yeah. see mindsets and even like you said, that humanness of it, that mm-hmm. it's relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I know, like I don't know if it's helped or not, the Taken movie, but <laughs> i got to admit one thing that Taken mm-hmm. did do is that it made everybody in the Western world oh, feel yeah. like that's something that mm-hmm. is possible, right? Which I know mm-hmm. it's not the be all and end all of what no. human trafficking looks like, but mm-hmm. for awareness-wise, I get that, yeah. you know, and I think real stories like that, even though sometimes they're difficult to hear, oh, yeah. helps us mm-hmm. relate, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. It brings it down, like you said, that human element because we always say like numbers can be desensitizing totally. and, and the reality is that there are estimated to be over 40 million people enslaved in the world today. You can't even wrap your head around like it's you one and a half times it. the same yeah. size of Australia. Like yeah. how can you wow. how can you fathom that? And so it's so important to bring it down to the individual and bring it down to the, yeah, to the one um, and value the one person. And so for every person that we can reach, rescue and restore for the one person who is educated and inspired to do mm. something, the one person we might prevent from ever um, getting into a trafficking situation because they know the signs and indicators to look out for and the one person that we can rescue and assist and, and come alongside in their journey of restoration is is what it's all about. That's and right. So, yeah. I'd it's about the love one. To, to share a story awesome. um, with you. So this um, – so the survivor's name has been changed, of course, yeah. so they protect him. But um, this is Ong's story. And he is an 18-month-year-old um, and he had been begging on the street since he was born and he was often spotted early mornings and late evenings crying alone in the street with a, a change bowl and being carried around by other children and begging to tourists crossing the border from Cambodia to Thailand. Um, and his body was covered in bruises and scratches. And there are hundreds of people crossing the border that would walk past him every day. Um, but after seeing Ong on the street, uh, A21, our team on the ground, contacted the police and worked together with the Thai authorities to help removing remove him from this trafficking situation and bring him to safety and so we're able to provide him with his immediate care so his basic needs Uh, we're able to find a foster family for Ong and get him um, back into his home country of Cambodia as well and these parents and this foster family that we're able to set him up with had always wanted to have a baby were were unable to and so we're able to um, unite them together and he's now in a loving family um, who are committed to supporting him for the rest of his life and so that's the power of of awareness of seeing and of and of acting and yeah. so yeah oh, beautiful that's story. awesome <laughs> with all of your branches around the world mm. um the people who are employed they're local and international or how does how does it work mm. within each country because mm. obviously different countries have different yeah. needs mm-hmm. and as much as we in the western world want to help everyone doing mm. being the white savior isn't the exactly mm-hmm. the best way to go totally so yeah. i'd love to yep. hear more about different branches if you yeah want to share that yeah absolutely i definitely think that's important to to hire local or to hire people who've been within that context or understand like i said the country and the culture and, and the ways of life that are there because you can come in and like it's not a copy and paste like we mm. never endeavor to do a copy and paste for one country to another because trafficking looks different That's in right. each country yeah. the culture is different in each country the perceptions are different the laws and the government is different and mm. so it's really important to 
that's why I said as before we start anywhere, we spend time on the mm. ground yeah. research and building mm. partnerships, seeing what's already taking place there, who's already working there, how can we support and partner, um, and that's what it's all about. And so, yeah, absolutely. In each case that in each country that we that we commence in, it's it's using and coming alongside locals and Amazing. building those relationships with people who um, have been on the ground and are on the ground and committed to yeah to the fight there. Amazing. Um, wow. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, like I understand there's lots of areas that we need to help people in, but mm. um, I think it's it's difficult. Like would you say, Blake, that um, the vast majority is um, with children or would you say this affects, it's just sort of balanced out or mm. some of those kind of numbers? Yeah, yeah. Well, it is estimated that one in four victims of human trafficking are children in the world today um and as i said there's certain countries where it looks different and in our work in southeast asia and in thailand cambodia predominantly um who we work with are children there um there's a lot of exploitation of minors within um that region Mm. online and through forced begging and and in different areas and and so we actually have um started child advocacy centers in yeah. thailand and cambodia wow. where we um are able to forensically interview child survivors um to get their testimony so they don't have to go through the court procedure and be re-traumatized again but our yeah. trained social workers come alongside them within that and yeah well child-friendly environment mm. Um, and to assist them to be able to tell their story and, and um, move forward in their healing process and get them um, back into school, education, with totally. loving families, that kind of thing. But, yeah, it, in, in certain – within Southeast Asia, that is predominantly, um, yeah. not only who we work mm. with, but it's predominantly is uh, child survivors. Yeah. Wow. Here, here in Australia, is it generally more – adults that you work with Mm -hmm. or what is it what does it look like here in Australia you kind of touched on that Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm. but if you're able to I'd love to hear more about what it looks like here in Australia yeah yeah no definitely um so as I mentioned before the trafficking in persons report releases that profile of what trafficking looks like in different countries around the globe and in Australia um the one that was released just back in June um Mm -hmm. stated that um Traffickers primarily exploit women and men in forced labour and to a lesser extent women and girls in sex trafficking. Um, It occurs across multiple industries, including agriculture, cleaning, construction, hospitality and tourism and domestic service. And um, so it is all across the the board from all age groups that included within trafficking. But, yeah, um, men and women in forced labour predominantly and and women and girls in sex trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. What is the main aim of A21 here in Australia? What is your – you were saying earlier that it's a lot of the education and Mm. um, helping and those sorts of things. Mm. Could you speak more into that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that that is our our biggest role here in Australia. So we're not operational right now in yeah. Australia, meaning that we don't have aftercare facilities and yeah. um, that kind of thing. But we do um, aim to join together with other organisations okay. to see yeah, public great. policy change, yeah. um, so legislation come into place, um, and to yeah raise awareness that human trafficking exists, um, and to engage the general public within that discourse and and that conversation, and inspire them in ways that they can get involved to make a difference whether through financial support or um having us come present at their school or mm. whatever yeah. that might look like or their business um 
yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, because yeah. I'd like to think um, like any type of charity, anything you're moving forward, like you said, yep, you do. You need to get the word out there. Mm. You need to try and reach people. Mm. Um, but as well as that, you've got to actually put boots on the ground. You've actually got to mm. put systems in place. You've actually yeah. got to practically mm. – um, you know, be a force in these places as well. Mm-hmm. Is that been tough um, during COVID, a challenge for A21, mm-hmm. um, even areas around donation or areas mm-hmm. around that kind of thing? Like I think um, we're yeah. seeing that through every area of our world, I think, yeah, in oh, every sure. business, through um, churches, whatever it looks like. Has that been a mm-hmm. challenge as well for A21? Yeah, I mean, obviously, COVID has presented many a challenge um, across the board, and yeah. as we are a global organisation, it's it's been in every country. It's that affected we've the world, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Um, and so we've definitely had to adapt and pivot um, within the season. <laughs> oh, there we go. The there we go. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely been. Um, you know, we've had to go, okay, so this is the reality. This is what's mm. going on for however long, the foreseeable mm. future. Um, things are going to look a bit different and what does yeah. that mean for us in being able to care for our survivors, being able to rescue and assist and as well as being able to reach people. So mm. in Australia, as I said, like we do reach, so we go to presentations, we go to schools, we we go out to large events. Um, and so obviously that has been it's not really very happening, much impacted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've moved, um, we're able to move some of our presentations online and be able to facilitate awesome. that, which has been great. Um, we've also been hard at work with our global team um, and it's really been actually quite encouraging to see the way our team um, across the globe and in our different countries has come together to go, okay, what's going on in your country? This is what's going on here what mm. message do we need to put out there? And we've actually collaborated quite well on, or really well on um, <laughs> developing resources, um, yeah. educational programs and different things. For example, um, we released a parent guide for parents to be able to have the conversation with their uh, kids and with their teens about human trafficking and what it looks like and online safety. So mm. we know that obviously a, a lot of um, things moved online and yeah. school is even in Melbourne right now is still online and yeah. in at different stages it was across, um, I believe, across Australia. And so knowing that children are spending more on time online, um, there is the risk for online exploitation to yeah. occur. And so um, education against that was, um, was definitely something that we needed to address mm. and moved mm. into. Um, and then on the on the survivor front, like obviously we were unable to meet with our survivors that we might have otherwise, like because of restrictions and everything. And so um, we employed a, a few different um, mechanisms and ways to be able to still come alongside and make sure our survivors were uh, receiving the best care that they could and their most basic needs were being met and so for example in Cambodia we mailed care packages to children in foster care who were unable to leave their houses Uh, we sent support packages with essential supplies to survivors and their families in Greece and Bulgaria the Ukraine and USA Um, we supplied survivors with phones and tablets so that they could still stay connected and FaceTime their support workers Um, some of them took up doing um, online uh, online classes um, yep, yep. to further their education within that time. Yeah. Um, and then, unfortunately, some of our survivors did lose jobs, mm. and so we helped yeah. to, of course, come alongside them and supporting um, 
supporting our survivors financially helping them to find other work and and such like that um and then obviously one of the biggest things within this time is the restriction of movement um between countries as well as um within countries and so we worked with law enforcement and, and border patrol to be able to help assist survivors who've been trafficked across country okay. or yeah. out of their home okay. to help um facilitate yeah the repatriation hell like another perspective as well have there been has there been any positives with covid Mm. with movement with um things like tourism all those kinds of things that you know Mm -hmm. can sometimes i would say probably um add to the issue um Mm. have you guys noticed or seen any positives out of covid that have slowed Mm. um the area of human trafficking down at all I'm wondering mm. if you've, you know, if we're seeing not as much money going into countries, if we're not seeing that kind of thing, is that affected? Has mm. it been positive at all? I think um, there's always the good that can come along with the bad. And so mm. in some areas it might be that it's harder for trafficking to occur because of restrictions, but um, traffickers are used to adapting, I think, um, okay. within what they do okay. and, and with the times and what's going on. And yeah, so well. there's um, other ways that, trafficking can be facilitated mm. um so i don't know specifically yeah, okay. what like yeah. what that looks like yeah. right now and you know there is studies and research going into fully the impacts yeah. of covid yeah. Yeah. Within the space and it will be ongoing yeah um but yeah that's a great yeah. question yeah it just makes me think you know i've just seen um you know just a lot of the practicals practical elements of um just normal day life is completely gone mm. so i just wonder if that would affect it but yeah, it's one of those things that I think we'll we'll learn with time as well. Yeah, totally. COVID season yeah. is still quite fresh for sure. In <laughs> the world, yeah. Even though it feels like it's been forever, it yeah. really hasn't been around for that long. So it will be interesting to see mm. over the next mm. few months and years what it what has happened. Totally, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, sure. To close up. I'd really just love if you could share some ways that people can help that people mm. who yeah. can't volunteer or can't work for A21 specifically. What are some ways mm-hmm. that they can educate themselves, educate others or yeah. give and a different elements like that? Yeah, raise awareness, whatever yeah. we, whatever can people yeah. can do, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. <laughs> um, that's what I love being able to yeah. people in. It's like you get paid um, to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there are so many different ways that people could get involved. And, you yeah, know, great. one of the key things is educating yourself. And so um, as an organisation, we have various free educational resources that we have available on our website. Um, we can find out more about human trafficking. We've got lesson plans. We've got a curriculum that teachers can make use of within their schools. Like mm-hmm. we have... All the, <laughs> the, totally. what you need the tools to, yeah. um, to make use of Yeah. And so, for example, our Human Trafficking Awareness Program is a um, three-session program that we've designed that anyone can make use of from 13 years old up upwards from two people to 200 people. So you can get your family together, you can get your business um together like your colleagues and whatnot or or within a school setting to run lesson plans and do activities um we also got a teams which are our abolitionist teams so for people who want to get involved but they don't live in sydney so they can't volunteer in our office or um don't have the time to be able to do that but want to do something where they are that's a great way Mm -hmm. to get involved with a community of abolitionists all across australia we've got people 
who are part of A-teams everywhere <laughs> um, who want to do something where they are, whether that be fundraising um, or hosting an event in support of A21 yeah. or um, hosting what would usually be a walk for freedom mm. in their town, but this year it's pivoted again <laughs> um, and we're doing a global freedom summit. Um, so that's a really great way that people can get involved and they get access to resources and become a part of this community of abolitionists. Um, and then, as you mentioned, um, being able to give to the cause. So whether that be through being a, a freedom sponsor and giving anywhere from $2 up monthly or a once-off donation, any um, gift, small or big, absolutely makes a difference in this fight. And so, yeah, there are a couple of ways to get involved. <laughs> awesome. And your website is a21.org? Yeah, yeah. Awesome, cool. So that's, where yeah. They, that's where they can sign up. That's where they can give. They can find mm-hmm. it all through there. Yeah, all the information. Um, and as well as your yeah, socials. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I encourage people to follow us on social media. So our Instagram is at A21Australia and yep. our Facebook is at A21Oz. So that's another great way to stay up to date with what's going on in this space too. Yeah, awesome. Love it, love it. Wow. Um, I would love... Just before we close as well, like one last question. I'd love if you could explain more about the Global Freedom Summit and what that means for this year. Because yeah. like you said, you usually do a walk for freedom. Obviously, that can't mm-hmm. happen. But yep. yeah, what what is the Global Freedom Summit? Yeah, amazing. So, um, so the Global Freedom Summit is our response to the circumstances that we currently all find ourselves in. And, and so it's a way for people to still take action where they are but in a safe manner and and given whatever restrictions might be happening wherever you are across the globe and so it's a it's designed um to be flexible so you can host an event in your home in a larger space if possible with two people or or 20 depending where you are um to gather around a one hour global broadcast where our team um, will be sharing about human trafficking, about A21 solution and how people can get involved. And then after that, we're encouraging uh, participants to get active in their um, in their community to raise yeah. further awareness. So there's three areas to so canvas, advocate and learn where you can either go out and do flyer drops, get active on your social media. You can write a letter to your state education minister encouraging them to um, input human trafficking education into curriculum um, mm-hmm. or you can learn more about um, human trafficking and A21's work through our resources. And so yeah. it's happening on the 17th of October. Um, you can have your event at any time throughout the day um, on that date Um, so the broadcast will be available on demand but it's really a great way to educate yourself educate those around you and be hopefully inspired to be a part of the solution yeah i love it amazing i love it yeah i feel like um especially for us this is something that we want to definitely get more involved in oh for sure um yeah we've loved your time blake yeah thank you so much for giving up your sunday afternoon (laughs) to chat with us honestly yeah no i think um let's get as much awareness out about this as we can hey let's try Mm. and um, use the power that we've got to try and cause some good hey yeah make some change yeah i love it blake that's yeah so good i love it Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you both. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who's listening. Like we said, you can check out A21 at yep. a21.org online and then on their socials. Yeah, we encourage you to definitely step in. Don't just listen to this and keep going. Jump online, have a look, listen. Anything to help is going to help impact, you know, and change lives. Eh? Yeah, and educate yourselves. Yeah. That's right, and educate yourselves. Yeah, spread the word. Use yeah. the use your socials. Use whatever you got. Yeah, it's a great tool. Yeah. So. Love it. 
Thank you so much. And we'll be in your ears yeah. again next week. Awesome. So yeah. good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about our community, check us out on Instagram at HWY Originals. We'll see you next week.